<laughs> Central Arkansas? No! 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 <gasps> no! Well, hello, everybody. I'm Arden Rose. And I'm Will Dobbishit. And you're listening to Crash on, on My Couch. Which is our one-stop pit stop of the internet. Of all the interesting things that you would like to hear about. Ain't that right, Willie D? That is right. This week on Crash on My Couch... We talk about a sting so painful, all you can do is scream... We tell you who the fuck Jackson Pollock is. And I talk about a corn pop up my nose. <laughs> this week and more on Crash, Crash on, on My, my couch. couch. Action! Hello! Hello. <laughs> Welcome back! We are back together. Woo! I'm so excited. Bum, 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 and, and I just, just can't hide it. I'm about to lose it when I think I like it. I like it. So Will's back in town, <laughs> if you can't tell, by my complete uptick in happiness. Yes, we are We are back together. Reunited and it feels so good. I'm reaching out my hands and so Will's not taking them. Also. Reunited. Can you take my hands? Okay. And Will's taking my hands now. Reunited and it feels so good. Okay, what were you going to say? Sorry. Um, it's Friday and we're doing this podcast. Oh my god, we're so bad at this. Um, guys, here's the issue. This week and the last two weeks, we've been, I've literally said this so many times. and it's actually, I think it's probably annoying to listen to now, but this film has taken it out of me hardcore mode. So true. Um... I'm just now editing it, so that's fine, that's good. But last week and this week has just been just like so much stuff. I haven't even really gotten to talk to you. Traveling, it's just it's just been all over the place. So again, I apologize for, for the delay on this podcast. I think um now that we're back together Reunited. and we're both kind of on the back end of both of the bigger projects we've done, we're gonna try and focus on this more. Yeah. And make this a bit more a regular thing. Uh, I mean, it is regular. No, we, it's a regular thing, but I just want to make sure, you know, it happens on the same day every week. And, and you guys can expect it. We're not surprising yeah. you like it's Christmas every week, although I kind of do like that sometimes. Um, but thank you guys for sticking around. I know it's been a little bit of a wild ride, but we were looking at how many episodes have we filmed? We've done a lot now. It was something crazy. Like, okay, wait, if I go on our... Let me go on our iTunes uh, page. Crash on my couch. Let's see. Crash on my couch. We've done. We've done twenty four episodes. We've done. We've done. Yeah, we've done twenty four episodes, which 24. is crazy. We've successfully done twenty four weeks it of be content. Twenty five. It's it's twenty five this week. Oh my god! Wait, wait, wait. Next week, twenty six is our half year anniversary. We'll be doing it for half of a year. Wow! Can you believe that? It's crazy. So we've done like I mean you know as much as we you know we go a little late sometimes. There are a lot of people that have. Bi-monthly podcasts, we do four episodes every month, Yeah, which is, you know, nothing crazy. It's not like we're doing a whole bunch of crazy research before each episode, but like, I guess hats off yeah. to us, but also thank you guys to, for listening for so long. Yeah. And to, to, I just kind of gauge that because this is the 25th episode, we want to understand what you guys are liking. Whoa. Liking. Are you segueing into the survey? Yeah. Whoa. Bitch, you haven't even read the survey talking points. I live for it. You're killing it. Yeah, guys, we actually, um, 
We, this week, instead of having a sponsorship, this is a sponsor-free week, we're sponsoring ourselves. <laughs> we uh, were wanting to see if you guys would mind going and taking a PodTrack audience survey, which has 40 questions. You don't have to answer all of them. PodTrack is not going to keep any of your information. Um, it won't be saved or analyzed by PodTrack. Um, but it's basically just 40, 40 questions. takes about 10 minutes to complete. If you're a slowpoke, try to beat that time, am I right? Um, <laughs> all right, we're not taking the ACT here, kids. No, but um, if you go and answer the questions, it's it's stuff that can help us figure out what we need to do differently on the podcast. If you guys like certain yeah. things, whatever. If you want to give any input to the podcast, be a part of our community, it's a great way to be a part of it and just say, this is what I'm liking. This is what I don't like. Help me out. Um yeah, I think it's it's just we we want to gauge what's doing well and what's not doing as well or what, what you'd want to hear more of. Yeah. I think after this week as well, we want to start talking about introducing some other segments. Totally. So um, if you have thoughts on that, that's so helpful as well. I think we want to make this podcast like quite broad as well in, in scale so we can yeah. talk about different things. Yeah. And, but they all kind of, you know, have a commonality as well. Totally. And like this is the place where... Um, you know, even with us being kind of like crazy kids and maybe not posting as much on YouTube and you working on your film, like this is a place where you guys can catch up with us. So, you know, whatever you guys want to hear about, we're here for you, you know? And, um, so basically if you want to go take that survey, just go to crashonmycouchshow.com and click on the audience survey. So just go on our webpage and then click on the audience survey. Mm. And that way we will know what you guys want and what yeah. you don't want. If you have time, please go ahead and do that because, yeah, it would be, it would be so helpful. Yeah, so helpful seriously. It, it changes the game. It means that we can tailor this podcast to you guys and make it personalized. So, yeah. So, with that being said, let's move on to the first thing we're going to be talking yes! about. Yes! And what is it, Will? So, the first thing we're going to be talking about is... Animals are badasses. Yes. So. Wait, wait, wait. Can I preface this by saying I'm very excited for this article, but also you're going to hear me going like this a lot. Um, yeah, she already, she she was already doing, making this. Oh my God. What? Is there something on you? I, I felt like that was something. <gasps> oh no. We're starting a topic that is creepy ah, crawly. It's a creepy this. crawly topic. It probably was one of my hairs. Let's be real. My head hair is all over this apartment. Um, so, um, this is a really disgusting article, I guess, in that sense. <laughs> um. So way to sell it. <laughs> there is wait. A, so what website is this on? So well, this this is I'm gonna I'm gonna give some background on this first before I actually get right, into right, that right. Part. Okay, okay. Tell us the deal and then give us your sources. So um, the Schmidt Sting Pain Index is a pain scale rating, um, which let me I want to I want to get this correct. Is a pain scale rating the relative pain caused by different Hymoterin stings. That's probably not how you say that at all. Can I see what it looks like? Hymenoterin. Hymenoterin stings? So we'll say insect stings. So, yeah, it's a pain scale which is caused by different insect stings, effectively. Yes. And, and it rates them. It's, uh, it was made in 1983, and it basically lists... Um, the different thresholds of insects and like how painful they are. So like you have pain level one, pain level two, pain level three, and then pain level four, which is the most painful one. Like excruciating pain. Wait, can you give it a, a, like a description about each one? Like what is a one? Is a one so, like a fire ant bite? So a, a pain level one is like a southern fire ant. Okay. Uh, 
and it kind of small bees are, are considered like a pain level one. A small bee. <laughs> a pain level two uh, is is more stuff like wasp bees and ants, but like more specifically like a western honeybee. Oh. Um, so I guess it's a little bit more painful. Pain level three is a red paper wasp. Ugh. I don't know what the hell that is. A I don't like it. giant bull ant and then a oh, harvest like ant. So it's a bunch of all these crazy stuff. I don't like any so of that. So we're going to be looking at pain level four today, which is the most painful one. And it's also kind of segues into what we're talking about. So um, consider the most painful sting currently from, from this guy. He considers the tarantula hawk. Which is a uh, a wasp, is a which is also hawk. massive. He considers that a rating of four, so he considers that to be extremely, extremely Ugh. painful. Um, he also considers a bullet ant to be as painful, if not more painful, and he's given that a four plus. Whoa. And the sting from a bullet ant can last between five to twenty four hours. What the fuck? And apparently, it's just like you feel like you've got like hot fire like lava going through you it's like that painful it's like burning through your whole body oh my god that's awful so this so this made me laugh because today or like i was reading an article about it um apparently uh the uh tarantula hawk wasp which is uh got rating of four um i was reading that most people like most people that are Oh, oh, what, what are insect peoples? Okay, so most entomologists, en- entomologists um, have given like this, like uh, most entomologists, I, I hope I've said that correctly. Yeah, this sounds right to me. Um, have said that uh, this wasp is the most painful and have given instructions so that if you're stung by it, you know what to do. Right, but and so it- for instance, like a fire ant, they might say, Put it on ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take some Advil. Kind of just like general stuff. So, but when it gets more painful and like you're talking about like proper venomous insects, they're like go to a hospital. Then they're like you need to start this. working your shit out. But this made me laugh because for the wasp, they were saying that the thing, the only thing you can do, is just lie down and start screaming. <laughs> so for the tarantula hawk wasp, the only thing you can do, lie down, scream. And then just, like, get it over with. Because apparently what happens is, is you, like... Because it's so painful, you can't even... You can't you can't talk. You can't like, process you're it? Effect, you're effectively, like, paralyzed because it's so painful. Ooh. I don't know if you've experienced that before, but, like... Where something so, so harmful so happens. So painful. Like, so... Yeah, so against anything you've experienced that you just can't even... Process pro- it? Yeah, process it. Like, your brain it. doesn't know what to do. Yeah. You're like, you're shocked. You're shocked, basically. Yeah. That's like what happened when I broke my pelvis or cracked my pelvis. Yeah. It was like... You just can't... You're like... I how... couldn't tell anyone how it felt because I was like, it just hurts. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't know anything past, like, the pain. Just pain. So it's the same thing. So the tarantula hawk and the, the, the sting only lasts for about three minutes. Um, mm. And this is, by the way, it's on wire.com. Um, so wait, how does that work? So, like... Like, like you saying the bullet ant lasts, you said it could last up to 24 hours. Yeah, so they say that's a four plus on the scale. And they say that the tarantula hawk is a four, but like probably not as much. The... Maybe it's only a four because it doesn't last so long. That's probably true because, you know, the, the bullet ant art lasts, lasts for a really long time. But oh my god, three hours? But on Wired, no, three minutes. Uh, on Wired it's saying um, the resulting pain only lasts for three minutes, but it's so fiercely electric that it could be described as totally unacceptable. There are some vivid, vivid descriptions of people getting stung by these things. 
says Ben Hutchins of Texas Parks and Wildlife. Uh. And their recommendation, and this was actually in a peer-reviewed journal, was to just lie down and start screaming. Because few, if any, people could maintain verbal and physical coordination after getting stunned by one of these things. You're likely just to run off and hurt yourself. So just lie down. So just lie down and start yelling. Whoa! So it makes you. It kind of makes you go into to, to like temporary insanity. Then. Yeah, it just. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're in you're so, so much pain. incapacitated. Yeah. So does it kill tarantulas? Yeah, that's the thing it does do. It uh, it poisons tarantulas and paralyzes them. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. This thing takes... It's huge. I hate it. I hate it. It's really in Texas? Yeah. Texas. I'm never going to Texas. South. I'm never going... South. I can't go to Texas Probably in anymore. Arkansas. Don't say that. Is it in Arkansas? Don't it, say it that. It probably is. Don't say that. What's it called? Tarantula hawk? <laughs> the tarantula hawk is called... The... Yeah. No. Yeah, spider wasp. Tarantula hawk. <laughs> Wait, did it say California? Fuck Wait, off. No. Fuck off. Jose. San Jose. So we're never going to San Jose. We're never going to San Jose. Okay. And then... Arkansas, please no. <gasps> Central Arkansas! No! 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 No. No. <laughs> No. The tarantula's worst nightmare. The largest species of wasp in Arkansas. Fuck. Uh, that. Uh, <laughs> so. We live out in the middle of nowhere. We're gonna get wrecked by a tarantula wasp. Bitch, if this thing tries to step up to me, I will get a flamethrower out. You don't understand how painful it is. It's not gonna sting me. And you know it's funny because when people write about like pain and stuff, you're like thinking like, okay, how painful can it actually be? You don't understand, like... Because you know you're reading, and you're like, okay, it's painful. You're like, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. How painful is it? Uh, but you saw a video of it. And I watched the video of it this morning, yeah, because I was like, you know, shit, like, let's see how bad it is. And this guy... Hold for fridge. <laughs> fridge is really having some times today. Um... Did he just lay and down? Yeah, and... so this guy just, like, lay down and... Started screaming? Just started screaming. Babe... Being lasted three minutes, that was good. But what did he say afterwards? For the bullet ant. Is it the bullet ant or the bullet ant? I think it's the bullet ant because bullet. Bullet ant. They're saying it's as bad as being shot, basically. Um, what the fuck? Well, because a bullet ant, it's their bite, though. Yeah. The bullet ant's well, obviously, but like that's crazy it's a to stinger, me. Isn't it? No, it's. I think it's a bullet ant bite. No, because no, I watched the the guy getting hit by it. He said he had like part of the stinger oh, was stuck in him. Sting. Yeah, it's a stinger. That's so weird, because, like, um, fire ants bite you. Yeah. So it's weird that this has a stinger. I've never heard yeah, of it. Yeah, that is really weird. That's a good point. Um, apparently, uh, in some Amazonian tribes, uh, in order to be deemed a, uh, a man or a warrior, you, they basically fashion a glove full of uh, bullet ants where the sting is on the inside. And they weave it out of, like, leaves and stuff. No. Like, hundreds of them. No. And then you put your hand in it. No. And you have to hold your hand in there for three minutes. No. And you have to do it, I think it's a total of, like, 26 times. No. Before you can be no. considered a Okay, so then I'm man. not... Okay, well, then in that case, I'm not a man, and goodbye. Neither am I. I'm out. Yeah, excuse me. Uh, sorry, I didn't know I was a lady. Yeah. I'm out. Uh, fuck that. 
and fuck your weird um, masculine standards. Yeah. I'm not having it. I will how, not. How terrifying is that? So there's also a video of a guy doing that. Like a guy went to one of these tribes, put his hand in the glove and like experienced it. That's sickening. Yeah. I, oh, oh, you know You'd how throw up, wouldn't you? Oh, I'd throw up. I'd throw up everywhere. You'd shit yourself and you'd I'd throw up. I'd shit myself, I'd throw up, I'd scream, I'd cry. You would... I would commit suicide. No, I wouldn't. But still. You probably would, though, if it wouldn't stop. Because you'd just be like, I need to... I need to get out of this. the worst pain. This eternal pain. I need the sweet kiss of death to get over this. Yeah. Ooh, it's so awful. I, you know how much I hate, like, needles and, like, things injecting into me. I hate that kind of stuff. That goes right alongside it. I hate stings. I don't know if I've ever been stung by anything. I think I was with you the first time I got stung by a wasp for them. Do, do you remember that? Yeah, wait, when did you get stung I, by a wasp? I don't know when it was. Were you like, was ow? And then, like, it just happened? Yeah, and you I were was like, like, ow, that was really... That what? Was, that, was, that was annoying. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And you had a little red bump. Do you remember that? It was like yeah. a little... You, you did get stung. Yeah. I got stung by a wasp um, while I was on shoot for Mr. Suit to my president. Mm. Did I tell you that? I think you did, yeah. Yeah, I got stung on the back of the, my leg. It's just, it's more of a nuisance than anything. Yeah, that one, oh, those are nothing. You go, ooh. You kind of go, ah. Yeah. Feels like you got a little prick. You know, you're like, ooh. Yeah. But it's never a big deal. But think about it. Tarantula hole. That's horrifying. Yeah. I've never seen a wasp like that. Like, I lived in Arkansas for 18 years, honey, and I've never seen a wasp like that. So I'm really hoping that that will never come rearing its ugly head. Ooh, ah. Okay, let's talk about something else. I gotta talk okay. about something else. Let's move on to our next segment. Okay, and now for our next segment Go Science! Go Science! Go, Go science. science! I don't really have a proper um, segue for you this. You don't need to do that. That's Be- fine. Just lay it on me. Yeah. Tell me what's happening. Because I don't want to try to segue that into this. Um, so, this is an article from LiveScience.com, but I actually read this on Reddit a couple days ago, and I found it really fascinating. And so I thought I would share it here. Um, so this is from LiveScience.com, mm. right? Like I just said, and uh, this is a pretty crazy, crazy thing. A 47-year-old British man who was being tested for lung cancer received some good but unexpected news. Instead of signs of cancer in the man's lungs, doctors found a tiny Playmobil plastic traffic cone lodged in his airways. So this man had been having trouble breathing. How tiny are we talking here? Show me a picture. Okay, so not tiny, fucking massive then. That can't be right. No, that's a that's a stock photo. I'm assuming it's like one of those little Playmobil, probably, but I would say about this big. Okay. I think it's probably an inch. But you know, inch. you gotta think the, the, the base circumference is gonna be pretty big. Yeah. Right? But listen, so this is the crazy part. Um he he always had a nagging cough, and he couldn't figure out why, and so that's why he went to the doctors, and they said, we found an abscess in your lung, we need to take a look at it, we don't know what it is, and he was worried that he had, like, terminal lung cancer. Fuck. And then they go and look at it, and it's a fucking Playmobil traffic cone. But this is how it happened. The toy turned out to be a part of a set the individual had received and shortly after accidentally inhaled 40 years earlier. 40 years earlier. But, but- did According he realize he had inhaled it? No, okay, back then, the playset had been given to him for his seventh birthday. He remembered the playset that, that like, went alongside the little piece when he saw it, because they pulled it out of his lungs, mm. and they were like, where did this come from? And he was like, 
oh my god, I played with that on my seventh birthday. <laughs> and the man said he recalled putting pieces from the playset in his mouth when he was little. But amazingly, the, pl- the plastic cone had remained undetected in his lungs for four decades until it caused a traffic jam in his airways and triggered That's a nagging hilarious. cough. A traffic jam. A traffic jam. A traffic jam. Oh, no, I wonder what it looked like when it came out. I don't know, but I really want to see it. Probably like dissolved and like... Oh, yeah. Types is weird. I would love it. But here's the crazy thing. In the man's case, the long-lost toy was discovered when he sought help from his doctor for a bout of m- pneumonia. He was an ex-smoker and had smoked about a pack a day for 30 years. So he thought he had lung cancer. This man's pneumonia was treated with antibiotics, but he continued to have a phlegmy cough, so he was sent to a lung specialist. Um, And then the lung specialist took an x-ray of the man's chest and saw what he thought were signs of a possible cancerous growth. So they, they they performed a bronchoscopy. So basically... A, a plastic yeah. tube was sent yeah. through his bronchial tubes and, and shit. And they found the tiny plastic object that was partially blocking one of the main airways leading to a section of the man's and right lung. And it was lung. a traffic cone. And it was a, tra- and it was a traffic cone. <laughs> I didn't catch that. I didn't catch that it was <laughs> blocking traffic. <laughs> yeah. That's why I was like, that's... that's... You made that joke ages yeah. ago, didn't you? Oh, I'm sorry I didn't let it land. <laughs> um... <laughs> Have you have you ever had anything like lodged in your body like that, like a toy or? A, I, I was never a toy swallower. Hmm. You know what I mean? That was never my mo. I once had uh, when I was really young. I don't know how old I was. I had an M&M up your nose. No, no. it wasn't an M M&M. and M. It was a. Um, do you ever had that cereal? It's called like Pops. Oh wait a second! So it was you know they're not like cocoa pops, but they're like white little corn balls. pops. Corn pops. Cor- they're corn pops, but they're yeah. quite they're quite big. The balls, they're like they're they're substantial. No, Arden's like pointing to the ear. I'm like, no, that's not where I. I, I thought that's you lodged it in your ear. So when I was a kid, I ended up picking out one and stuck it up my nose. <laughs> you dumbass. And I, it was a really terrifying moment because I couldn't get it out so I had to go to the hospital <laughs> to get a corn pop out of your nose yeah I had to go to the hospital because people worried that if we crushed it I would inhale it <laughs> so why wouldn't to... you just crush it and snort it I was a little kid I was, how I old was, are you I, was, I can't even remember how old I was I was like really really young this is when I was like infant level <laughs> So we had to go to the hospital and um, get removed. <laughs> get a corn It's one of those crazy stories that happened. You had to get a corn ball removed. Yeah, because you know it's big. Like it's They are like circular. They're substantial. Yeah, so if you were to crush it, death. Death. Immediate death for me. Probably. You wouldn't be here today. Yeah, I would have. Corn it balls. would have been a cone situation. You have corn balls stuck, corn ball in, your stuck in, your in my lung. Oops, the old corn ball acting up. Anytime you had a bad cough, well, a corn ball. No, oh, those damn corn balls. Fucking corn balls. That's so funny. Did you say you didn't have anything like that and nothing happened to you? I mean, that was my only story. Like, I don't think it's normal for a lot of people to, like, have something lodged in them. I don't think I ever had anything crazy like that. I just remember my sister, when she was little, she had really poor hearing. <laughs> Harper had terrible hearing when we were younger. Really? <laughs> Shout out to Harper for this, if you're listening. Yeah, she had really terrible hearing, so they kept, um... 
Hers was like an opposite problem. She had so much earwax in her ears. Do you remember when people used to get ear tubes? Like, yes, little tubes that you would put in your ears that would help, like, yeah, so that you could get clear sound through them. Mm. She kept getting them put in, and she had so much earwax that it would just, like, come out. That's a problem for a lot of people, though. Yeah. That's the only other thing I can think of that's even remotely, like, related to this. No, and, like, on on another angle to this, um, I told you about that story, and I'll tell people about this. A friend of mine, when I was younger got stuck in a chair in school <laughs> and to this day it's the, probably the funniest thing I have ever experienced. How does that fucking happen? In my entire life. I know like we've kind of gone off topic a little bit but I'm allowing it to happen. Because it's a There was this kid in my story. school who um, I don't know if you guys did this when you were younger. I, I feel like maybe I did it once or twice. Like you I didn't have backs to our chairs in school so you could try and like you could try and like <laughs> Go like go in your seat through that way, or go out. Oh, there was like okay. So what you're saying is, if you're looking at the basic, I know what you're about to. Yeah. Okay, let me try to describe it so it's easier visually. Um, so you know, like in schools when you have the regular plastic chair, but there's like a cutout on the back. Yeah. There's like a like mine was. I remember ours were like square holes in the back. Yeah. Like you could get through it if you were very small. Yeah. Like, you had to be, like, in fifth grade to go through one. Yeah, this was... I was young. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so what we would do is we would try and, like, go out the chair that way, just see if we could do it. <laughs> and as a result, we'd also try and go in that way. Anyway, this poor guy <laughs> in history class, like, near the end of the class, and uh, he decided to try and get out his chair that way. He got most of his body out, and then his big head got stuck. His big head... And because he'd already gone through and his head was stuck, he couldn't... He was on his knees, so he couldn't get back the way he came. So he was stuck. He was prone. Yeah. He was prone. And, like, it started getting worse and worse. Like, he started panicking, so his head was red. So he looked like he had this, like, giant tomato, like, head stuck in this chair. And then the fire department came. And the fire department came... And had to saw off the top of the chair to release him. Oh my god. How fucking embarrassing is that? Can you imagine being that kid? Who well, was he? To this he? day, I still remember it. Was we... he like a cool kid? No. Oh no, that's even worse. I mean, he was like a friend of mine. We weren't cool. I was not cool. <laughs> we were not We were not cool. <laughs> Who was it? it? Who was your friend? We were like seven or eight when that happened. Do you remember his name? Uh, Peter. Wait, the Peter no, that I met? No, the Peter. Oh. We had a few Peters in my school. Yeah, you had a couple Peters. Oh my god, that's so funny. Oh man. We never, I don't think anyone ever, like, really screwed the pooch that badly like that in my school. <laughs> it's just, it like, it always makes me laugh because it's like, I can see the image of it and I just like start laughing because I'm like, god, what a horrendous situation to be in. It's such an awkward... And you start panicking because everyone's oh. around you and you're like, oh no, oh you're no. You're like, um, uh. And then all of a sudden the fire department's there and oh, then God. you're your crying like, and then your mum's... Yeah, it's just a nightmare. And they've got a buzzsaw really close to your neck. That would make me anxious. I don't know how that fits in with the cone story, but... I don't know. Well, I appreciated it either way. I guess we all do stupid things like inhale traffic cones into our lungs. You know? Yeah. We, are, we all do it. Stick our head through a chair. Stick our head through a chair. Stick a corn pop up fall our nose. Fall in love. <laughs> I don't know if fall in love fits uh, with that. Is it the same feeling as getting your head stuck in a chair? Sometimes. <laughs> oh, wow. 
<laughs> All right. I see how it she is. She started grinding her teeth. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Your eyes, like, widened. Oh. <laughs> okay, well, time to switch switch our lane a little bit. and um, Switch our lane a little bit? I don't know. I'm playing with a squishy toy right now, and it's really satisfying. Um, switch our lane to our next and last segment. Which is... Yarn! Let's, Let's go, go on, on a, a treasure hunt! hunt. <laughs> Yay! We're doing another treasure hunting so, segment! I don't... I'm usually the one that's kind of running this bit, so I'm getting <laughs> an odd takeover, so like, you're going to have to lay some good, juicy treasure stories on Can me. you give me, like... Okay, as this segment goes, at the end of it, can you give me a 1 to 10 of how I did? I'll give you a 1 to 10 yars. Yars! yars. Okay. Yeah. Sure. 10 yars is the best. 1 yars sounds like kind of like a yar. Yeah. Ten yards is like yar, yar, matey. Yeah. Okay, cool. You have to do it though at the end. Though. It's like yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is on mental floss. Uh, it's six people who accidentally found a fortune, which is kind of fun. I always, um, I love the idea. Maybe this is partially sort of an American dream, um, but I love the idea of stumbling across lots of money. No. Oh. That's not an American dream. That's actually a dream for everybody. <laughs> I love the idea of just stumbling across money or stumbling across rare fortune that I then need to get to a museum before someone else tries to come and get it. Or you find your attic like, oh, wow, these wow. are like these are out of date and rare and like limited edition. I can sell these for a lot of money. Yeah. Like I thought my Disney VHSs were really valuable. You remember they like came out those yes. black ones, uh-huh. the black stuff? Diamond uh-huh. ones. Uh-huh. Turns out they weren't. <laughs> Turns out they were shit. I thought I'd be a millionaire, but, <laughs> but it didn't no. Yeah, I really thought like Nana Eileen's uh, doilies from the 15th century were very important. You know what I mean? It's yeah. all that kind of shit. Either way, you get excited about it, um, and then you don't really hear about enough people finding cool shit. Yeah. However, this entire article is about that. So, for instance, a lucky couple in Northern California found $10 million in rare gold coins buried on their property. Like what? That just happened. What do you mean? Ten million dollars in rare gold coins, just buried on their property. That's so exciting. Yep, it's pretty fucking crazy. So they crazy. just they just they just made ten million off that. Yep. Yep. Wow. Yep. Oh, here's one from Arkansas. Oh my gosh. Arkansas is a girl's best friend. Is the title of that, by the way? Just hilarious. Good. Um, W. O. Basham found a giant of a gemstone in 1924. A 40.23 carat diamond. Wow. It might surprise you to hear that he wasn't digging in one of the famous South African diamond mines at the time, but was near Murfreesboro, Arkansas, at a site that is now the Crater of Diamonds State Park, sitting on top of a volcanic pipe. The park is the only diamond site in the world that is open to the public. And I've actually gone and done this before. You can go... We should do this. It's fun to do. Really? You can go panning for... Diamonds and, like, treasure and stuff. That's fun. Obviously, like, you don't normally find anything. But, like, you find, like, cool little rocks and stuff. Um, But the park's policy is you find it, you keep it, no matter how valuable it is. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you know they've gone through there, like, a million times. Oh, yeah. You know. But, like, still, it's fun. It's, like, a fun way to, like, I think it's, like, $5 to get in. And you just, like, pan around in some dirt. Go looking for diamonds. Yeah, we did. So they found found the diamond. How much was the diamond? Is there value of it? I mean, a 40-carat diamond... Let me see. That's insane. A naturally occurring 40-carat diamond. That's insane. Is a 40-carat worth? Let's find out. Um, I mean, 
it looks like it would be right around half a million dollars. Cool. Not bad. Yeah. I mean, this is, yeah. It looks, no, no, no. Probably a lot more than that because it's a natural. No, I'm kidding. That's way off. This is, a three carat diamond is worth nearly $400,000. This is a 40 carat diamond. But doesn't it go, go the other way? Because isn't it like a 20 carat diamond? Like those aren't that expensive 20 carat no because i think the carrot's the weight isn't it what <laughs> is let me find out what is a carrot <laughs> measuring let's find out who's judging us no one the carrot is the unit of mass equal to 200 milligrams and is used for measuring gemstones and pearls so it's the weight fuck so it's the weight 40 carat diamond is isn't it's not Okay, so like a four carat diamond is something that you can wear on your hand. Yeah. A forty carat it's diamond like, is something you hold like with your hands. <gasps> it's like a diamond as big as your fucking head. Ah! Yeah, so they found that in Arkansas. Cool. Can I find one of those? Sure. Let's go digging tonight. I think we should. That's so much fun. We should go digging right now. California. There's going to be so much treasure around here. I'm super down for it. Oh, oh, and this is crazy. So Bassam's big find, nicknamed the Uncle Sam Diamond... American propaganda, was the largest diamond ever discovered in North America. It was later cut down to 12 carats, which is kind of sad, and sold for $150,000, which is about $800,000 today. Nice. But that wasn't the last valuable rock dug out of Arkansas soil. I was discovered. No, I'm kidding. You're a diamond? Yeah, I am. No, you're not. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you are. Okay, good. Okay, in 1964, the star of Murphy's Bro was discovered at the same site, weighing in at 34 carats. Then, in 1990, 1975, came the 16-carat Amarillo Starlight Diamond. All of these are being found at the same park. They also have incredible names. Amarillo Starlight. Oh, so good. Cool. Yeah, and then the 6-carat Rodin Diamond was found in 2006, and the crowned jewel of the park has been the Strawn Wagner Diamond, a comparatively small 3-carat diamond that was dug up in 1990 and expertly cut down to 1.9 carats. Despite its smaller size, the Strawn Wagner stands out because it was given a perfect rating by the American Gem Society, the first diamond to ever receive such a high grade. So, so we need to. Just trying them out. We gotta go. Like that's the thing. It's we gotta crazy. go. We gotta go. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? Like it's crazy. Oh, and then they add at the end of this. I feel like this is just a propaganda site for to go to Arkansas, which I'm not sad about. Like <laughs> make me go to Arkansas. Um, but don't think this list of big gems means the site has been tapped out. On average, two diamonds are found every day at the Crater of Diamonds. How crazy is that? We need to go to the Crater of Diamonds. We need to. We'll be one of the two. I'm so, down. are there any more interesting yes. treasure finds you can tell me about? Oh, yeah. Ready? Yeah. The Declaration of Independence. What? Yep. We've all heard of the man who bought a $4 painting at a garage sale and found an original copy of the Decla- Declaration of Independence inside and sold it for $2.4 million. A once-in-a-lifetime story, right? Not so much, actually. Wait. That happened, by the way. But two and a half million, are you saying it's an original print or the original copy? Original copy. But I would feel like you'd be able to sell a Declaration of Independence for a lot more than two and a half million. They might have several copies of it because it was a huge document. Surely that's like hundreds of millions. Surely that's like, that's, you couldn't put a price on that. That's billions. I think it is priceless, but I think. Is it it a copy? Do you think maybe? Original copy of Declaration Uh, of Independence. So it 
I mean, after they made that way back in the day, I'm sure they made several copies of it just because, like, why would you just keep one document? Sure. Especially way back in the day when, like, anything could happen. Okay, so some... So, gone. Anyways, so... Michael Sparks was visiting a Nashville thrift store where he bought a candle holder, a set of salt and pepper shakers, and a yellowed print of the Declaration of Independence. Sparks figured the document was a worthless modern reprint, so he paid the asking price, two forty-eight, and headed home. After looking over the document for a few days, he wondered if it might be older than he initially thought. So he hopped on the internet to do some research and soon realized he had purchased one of only 200 official copies of the Declaration of Independence commissioned by John Quincy Adams in 1820. Of those 200, 35 had been found intact. He had number 36. No! So they thought that they were only going to, that they were done. That they and so how much did he sell that for? Was that the two and a half million one? Uh, it took a year for Sparks to have the print authenticated and preserved, and then he put it for auction, netting a final sale price of $477,000. Wow! Yep. How incredible is that? How crazy is that? You paid $2.48. $2.48. And you make nearly half a million dollars. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. That's that's incredible. Yeah. And that was net final sale price, not gross. No. Wow. Like so so he could have paid I don't know how I don't know how taxes work when you're doing like auction stuff or charity stuff. Mm. But um he could have made a lot more off of it wow. and just had to pay like taxes on it or wow. something. Crazy. Um, and then let me see if there's one more that's really Give fun. me one more. Give me one more juicy one. Okay. Um, let's see. Here's one that's kind of fun. This ends it on a, on a, an unsure note. Okay. A possible Pollock. A possible Pollock. In 1992, Terry Horton, a retired truck driver, went to her local thrift store to buy a depressed friend a gag gift. Hmm. What a sweet woman. She found a rather large painting, 66 inches by 47 inches, that she thought was pretty amusing because it was, in her opinion, so ugly. When she asked the thrift store employee the price, they said $8. She haggled and only paid $5. In the end, her friend didn't want it. She too thought it was ugly. Plus, it wouldn't fit through the door of her trailer. So (laughs) Terry took it home and tried to unload it at her garage sale. A local art teacher saw the painting and suggested it, it could very well be a Jackson Pollock. In response, Terry's... Terry famously asked the teacher, who the fuck is Jackson Pollock? Lol. Since that day, Terry Horton has been struggling to prove that her thrift store treasure is a lost piece of artwork potentially worth over $100 million. However, due to the painting's lack of verifiable history of ownership, called provenance, the piece is disputed by many fine arts experts as simply another artist's work inspired by Pollock. To find proof of Pollock... Terry had the work examined by a forensic specialist who claims to have found a fingerprint that matches one in Pollock's studio. But, no. But even the fingerprint evidence has been disputed by the art world, leaving the painting as yet unsold. Terry, her painting, and her battle with the art world elite became the subject of a 2006 documentary called, appropriately, Who the Fuck is Jackson Pollock? So there's a whole documentary about it. What a nightmare for her. It actually is a... How mad would you be if you're you're a retired truck driver, you've worked hard your whole life, like, you've made ends meet, you stumble into this, like, you stumble into this amazing thing, and then suddenly all these hoity-toity art fucks won't buy your fucking painting. I would be so pissed if I were her. You get it verified. She's probably spent tons of money trying to verify it. Yeah. Because she knows if she spends enough money, she'll get $100 million back. She could sell it for $100 million. Fuck me up. Think about it. We go to LACMA. What do you see? Jackson Pollock. Jackson Pollock. Everywhere. Yeah. It's crazy. 
So, I mean, I don't know. Well, there you go, guys. Just goes to show. Yep. So, um... Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Uh, sometimes you say, who the fuck is Jackson Pollock? <laughs> <laughs> we should definitely watch this documentary, though. It looks yeah, really it good. Yeah, sounds good. Um, so how did I do? I'm gonna give you... Don't give me a rating. Just and make a... A drum roll, please. But just make a sound, okay? And then I'll guess what the number is. Okay. You're matey! <gasps> is that a 10? It's a 10, dude. Yeah! So that was, like, I don't want to cheat my own horn, but, like, I just watched Pirates of the Caribbean, and, like, I thought, like, that was a pretty good You did part. just watch the new Pirates of the cost Caribbean. Cost me. Hey, Jerry, Bra- Jerry Brockenheimer, cost me. I didn't know that you wanted to be an actor, babe. <laughs> Listen, if I had to play a pirate... <gasps> I'm there. I'd make a great pirate. You'd be a great pirate. You'd be the or most... Or I'd be one of those, like, little posh, privileged fucks that gets killed by, like, Jack Sparrow. That's what would happen. That... Oh, come back here! What are you doing? My pantaloons! Yes. <laughs> I must powder my gullet. Why are you my wife? Why are you taking... I must put my makeup on. <laughs> <laughs> my wig's falling off. My okay. wig's falling anyway, off, yes. That feels like that's a good, that's a good place to... To end this. this. Oh my um, god, before we get over. Thank you guys for listening, as always. Yeah, thank you guys for chilling with us. Um, and we'll see you guys next week. Yeah. Yeah. We Peace love, out. We love you so much. Have a, have a good time. Make sure to um, go do that survey if you've got 10 minutes on, uh, on <laughs> the docket. Just live the end. Yeah, you know, just go and take a little quick little survey. Uh, CrashMyCouchShow.com. And um, go take a survey. <laughs> okay. And uh, we'll see you guys okay. later. Bye. Bye. Crash on My Couch would not be Crash on My Couch without the help of these wonderful people. Mm-hmm. A special thanks to executive producer Tim Street, my manager Byron Ashley, producer Emma Kikuchi, and our editor Jason Perrier, and for production assistance from Alan Ortega. Thank you, guys.